Let's talk about floating festivals, taking silly drugs, DJs making fun of uh, different people, and the coronavirus, of course. We might be freaks, but we know our mother phone can beats, and beats, and beats, and beats, and beats. If you live in the East, that's Far East, and you like electronic dance music, you and also you like the sea and cruises, you're in for a treat. And uh, it's the ship. So this is a new, newish festival that is happening in July, I believe, no, August in particular, in Korea. So if you're in that part of the world, Korea and Japan, and I know we have listeners there, then you're in for a treat. So listen up. So the festival that's called It's the Ship, it's a four day long journey of electronic dance music party held on a cruise ship in the middle of the ocean. Uh, the summer, I will say the waters off the shores of South Korea between August 28th and 31st, making a round trip to Fukuoka, Japan. I'm a big fan of Japan. Uh, I don't know where Fukuoka is, whether it's uh, north, south, uh, in the middle. Anyway, some um, details about the festival launched in Singapore 2014 by an event management company called Lifescape Group. The festival has been hosted in Singapore and China before attracting more than 35,000 fans from 88 countries. It's the ship, they say, it's different from other landed EDM festivals as their shipmates can interact with their favorite artists. Well, that's quite good. Lifescape Group Chief Executive Iqbal Amir, based in Malaysia, told the Korea Herald in an interview recently held in um, Korea. The artists do not go straight to their homes after the show, but stay on the ship and experience the whole festival with the audience. We offer healthy entertainment during the day from rock climbing, rock climbing in a ship, morning yoga, fair enough, to basketball. Okay, must be a big cruise ship. He said, referring to the 221 meter long cruise liner. Uh, well, that's why, called Costa Neuromantica, fully equipped with a basketball court, casino, theater, spa, duty-free, and a dance floor. Dance floor is the most important for us. Then when the sun goes down, it's time to party. In the beginning, the festival had its difficulties, I read, as it was hard to invite artists to the festivals, requiring four to five days of commitment, but now artists are more than willing to board on the journey. So, also, there's no backstage. I think that's important. Uh, the artists have to mingle with the audience, eating at the restaurants, playing basketball, or taking a swim. Wow. It's definitely a surreal experience for everyone. Wow. Imagine you're, you're in, uh, you know, for a swimming with your favorite artist, or, you know, if you don't like somebody, you know, that's, that's a good uh, chance to express your opinion. Head of Cruise Lab Chang Wu Seok, the festival organizer in charge of the Busan leg of the festival, stressed the Korean edition of It's the Ship will be an international event mentioning flying cruise passengers where travel to cruise departure points. 
That's amazing. Having experience in the cruise business before, I've boarded numerous cruise journeys from Miami, Barcelona and Hong Kong. What I have observed is that the passengers are very international. For the Busan edition of It's the Ship, we expect the guests to be 50% Korean residents and the rest overseas visitors. Through Busan may be further away from Incheon, the main gateway to Korea for air travels, the southern port city of Busan, now we know that it's in the south, is a much preferred docking point for large-sized cruise ships as it has a great harbour environment. For the Korean market, safety issues are of great concern, they say, as there are some who are uncomfortable with the idea of a cruise journey recalling the 2014 Seoul ferry incident that took the lives of more than 300 passengers. Oh, now they're changing the story a bit. Chang stressed the cruise line of H the ship Costa Neoromantica is a safe transportation option approved by the International Maritime Organization. And uh, the prices for each of the ships start from $800 per person for a quad sharing option, so you have to find three more mates, inclusive of accommodation meals and non-alcoholic drinks. Hmm. For more information, check the website. We went to the website, which is uh, ship.kr forward slash in for English. Uh, unfortunately, the lineup has not been announced as of yet. So I think this follows... Uh, uh, in, in the tradition of uh, Holy Ship that's happening, uh, I think has happened for 2020. Um, it's based around Miami in the Caribbean island. I think it is run by Insomniac, uh, the company owned by Pascual Rotella, who runs also EDC Las Vegas and related events. Um, uh, you know, for summer, I think it's, uh, it's an amazing experience. It is obviously more costly, I think, than going to a festival. But if you've never been to a cruise, I think, you know, it's a good experience. Obviously, you need to get some other people because I think, uh, a one, uh, uh, a one, if you want to, book a one room I guess um, it would be extremely expensive to the point where you possibly could not afford obviously if you get cabin fever or you get claustrophobic I don't think that festival is for you because obviously once you're in the ship then you can't get off until you reach a harbour so think before you go right Talking about festivals, and as the festival season is just around the corner, we're mid-February, and uh, very, very soon, Ultra South Africa will be happening, will be kick-starting the festival season. Later on, it will be Tomorrowland Winter, and later on, it will be also Ultra Miami Festival, and that's in March. And um, what do you guys feel about the whole coronavirus epidemic? Are you scared? Have you cancelled your uh, festivals? Have you cancelled your trips? I mean, for those who have been in festivals, I am sure everybody is very, very familiar with the fact that they come from a festival having a flu. That's, of course, a common flu. It's uh, It makes sense why it happens. Uh, you have many people who are gathered in a very crowded space. Uh, they touch all the surfaces there, obviously. Um, they share... B lots of fluids, body fluids or others. Um, they cough to each other, they shout, they scream, lots of droplets in the air. You have to remember coronavirus is airborne, as they say. Um, and, 
you know, the it's a humid, warm environment, so this is primary uh, growing environment for viruses or bacteria. So how do you feel about that? Uh, usually, there's no real good explanation why loads of people get the flu. But um, as I said, all these uh, conditions that I mentioned earlier, inclusive of the tiredness, the natural tiredness and the overdoing it um, kind of brings down uh, its, its one's immune system and therefore they're more likely to get a virus, a common flu, common respiratory flu. It's uh, obviously uh, everything serious, but uh, it's very, very common. That's why it's called the common, it's common, it's called a bubble, the common flu. And yeah, people can die from it, but uh, most of us, we do have like two or three of these every year. However, with this corona thing happening, and as you know, it is in the US right now as we speak. Uh, it is everywhere really in the world, even though cases have not been reported. Let's not uh, kid ourselves. Uh, the virus is everywhere. Whether it will be reported later, whether people... Who are not Asian have a different immunity due to they say different lung receptors. That's another uh, matter. Um, this podcast is becoming too medical now. Um, but yeah, what are, what is your opinion? Have you cancelled? I would like to know. I would like to listen to your opinion. Have you cancelled any of your um, trips, any of your plans, any of your journeys for festivals? I must say, I'm, I'm quite apprehensive myself, um, and. You know, I would double think if I would have to go now. And the problem is, as we speak, which is uh, 14th of February, there doesn't seem to be any slowdown, neither in China nor in the West or anywhere in the world, really. So let's see how this develops. But uh, do let me know your thoughts. Oh, jeez. I just saw the weirdest video. Seriously. Salvatore Ganazzi takes the lead. I don't think anyone can make videos as such. If you remember last year, he made, I think, the most original video of all called Horse. And we made a podcast episode about that. Uh, but uh, it was really funny. Uh, it was kind of an animal rights defending video. On this one that came a day ago, it's uh, the track is entitled Boycicle, as in boy and bicycle. And man, it is weird. I just want to describe it to you, but it's worth watching. First of all, it's not really uh, electronic dance music track. It's the language is French peculiarly, and it's kind of a um, pop tune with with some perhaps uh, uh, you know hip hop. Um, drum patterns so basically a pop a pop song um, on that video uh, we see a farmer uh, a lone farmer finding uh, a rumble as he walks around and he finds a person under the rumble as he takes away the rumble he realizes that the boy or the man he found uh, is connected to a bicycle this is a very weird kind of a creature if you know the if you can imagine the picture of a of a centaur uh, which is an ancient greek mythical creature basically a, a man who 
has his upper body is a man and the lower body is connected to a horse. Um, so instead, on this occasion, the upper body belongs to Salvatore Ganazzi and the lower body belongs to a motorcycle, hence a bicycle. In any case, uh, the man takes the bicycle into his house and raises him and looks after him. As time goes on uh, um, and spring comes, the bicycle starts seeing uh, couples everywhere, so female and males, and he starts becoming a bit uh, lovesick. And uh, he has eventually, this erupts to having a um, argument with his father and saying, you know, my real father, and, um, and kind of decides to leave home. Uh, at that stage, he um, opens a magazine, a random magazine, and he sees the, um, the picture of a mermaid, which is, as you know, uh, uh, the upper body being a woman and the lower body being a fish, and he falls in love with her. <laughs> There's a plot twist coming. So the boy uh, decides to leave the house, and he says to his father, no, his father says, you can't leave, and he says, father... Uh, I'm not a bicycle, I'm a man-cycle now. <laughs> so, it's getting more ridiculous. Wait, wait for it. So he leaves and he goes around and travels. He goes to some kind of fishing village and he shows the picture of uh, the mermaid. People are laughing at him. He starts having a fight. As the fight finishes, uh, he sees uh, at the seashore a I don't know how to describe this a, <laughs> a girl or lady attached to a jet craft <laughs> so the motorcycle goes and rides the lady jet craft creature and they uh, they go uh, into you know the sunset uh, being happy ever after how ridiculous is this? But uh, really innovative in a way as well. Uh, you know, very, very strange and very... I'm very glad I saw it, to tell you the truth. I think it's worth a watch. Talking about festivals, I've just read a... Quite worrying report on drugs and on drugs. I don't mean uh, I don't mean uh, pharmaceutical drugs like uh, properly licensed medication, but I mean drugs as in recreational drugs. And this is <clears throat> from a survey in the U.S. Uh, that is entitled "Use of Club Drugs Special K Could Be Underreported." That is very worrying. Uh, listen up. Uh, on this, please. Um, so the news is ketamine use among electronic dance music party goers is much higher than previously thought. An intentional use appears to play a role. A new study finds. So this is a. It was uh, done by a. The the lead study author was called Joseph. It's called Joseph Palmer. He's an associate professor of population health at the New York University, in New York City. So he carried out this survey uh, among uh, party goers. And. Uh, um, he says, since it is unlikely that someone would disclose the use of drugs such as ecstasy and intentionally not report using ketamine, we believe many cases of positive detection may be due to unknown exposure through the use of unadulterated drugs. 
Parliament said. For the study, researchers surveyed hundreds of adults entering electronic dance music parties in New York City about the past year drug use. More than 200 provided hair samples that were analyzed to detect drug use in the past 12 months. For those who don't know, uh, drugs do remain, they go everywhere, obviously, and so they can be detected from your hair follicles. While almost 15% of the partygoers said they would use ketamine, in the past year, the hair analysis showed that, uh, sorry, they have, they have used or they had used ketamine in the past year. The hair analysis showed that about 37% tested positive, so basically they're, they're afraid to say so. It suggests that, as I said, when both self-reported use and hair testing are taken into consideration, actual ketamine use among these particles is closer to 41%, that's uh, 4 out of 10. The researchers found that testing positive for ketamine after no reporting using the drug was associated with confirmed exposure to ecstasy. So, um, means that people took ecstasy as well as ketamine. Um, they continue, ecstasy has a long history of being adulterated with other drugs, uh, including ketamine, but people who use ecstasy or other synthetic drugs may now be at an even higher likelihood of being excused, exposed to ketamine without realizing it. Um, so the report was published in January 29th in the Journal of General Internal Medicine. Uh, he said ketamine is by no means the most dangerous drug, but he added that accidentally being exposed to the drug can lead to a pretty unpleasant dissociative experience. Um, what that means by dissociative experience is that uh, people feel like they're uh, out of the body, and believe me, that's not a nice experience. For those who do not know, and I would not expect you to know, ketamine is an anesthetic drug, so used by anesthetists, people who put you, the doctors who put you to sleep for an operation. Um, and it's all good when, when somebody's cutting your belly with a knife. Uh, you really don't want to have uh, to feel that uh, knife and the pain, which would be most, most unpleasant. But uh, for God's sake, I, I don't understand why you would want to have this sort of experience uh, where, uh, you know, you can understand anything that's going on, but you can't feel your body while you're in a, while you're in a party, right? The whole idea is that uh, you move to dance music, so you're in control of your body and you dance, and that's part of the great experience of uh, going there and, and uh, sweating out, you know, with uh, rocking to the beats, right? Um, I mean, ecstasy, pure ecstasy is not um is is you know the pure form of ecstasy is uh i would say safe to a degree um although deaths have been reported but in most of these cases this is because the drug that was taken was not pure ecstasy uh but it was uh mixed with other um, other medication or other substances. Uh, we have to remember that ecstasy was uh, developed back in the 40s, I believe, when, believe it or not, the Nazis were giving it to German pilots in order to um, make them have sustained attention, therefore going bombard Britain. And in the 70s, it was used for psychotherapy, so for um, marriage married couples to open up and discuss their feelings openly. That's what really ecstasy does. So when you combine it with happy house music, uh, you know, that provided the spark to the onset of uh, the acid house scene in Britain and, and the rave culture in particular. 
But uh, when you start mixing with uh, downers like alcohol or, or uh, others or uppers like cocaine, amphetamines or uh, anesthetic drugs like ketamine, it's not very wise, seriously. So uh, I know people want to experiment and, and do things, but, uh, you know, first, number one, uh, be cautious. You need to know what you're having. And, you know, unless you produced it yourself, uh, unless you're a chemist and you actually produced it yourself in a lab, really, you don't know what you're having. So think, think and think and really don't try this at home. Talking about coronavirus, um, I just uh, had to double read this uh, news. I've read this from youridium.com, which is a blog about dance music. Um, This is about a Dutch DJ called Lex Garthwis, who he went on Radio 10 in Netherlands and he felt it was a good idea to create a song mocking the illness and spark the rage among the Chinese community. So, you know, there's been uh, in the social media quite a debate about uh, people becoming racist against the Chinese people because of uh, the coronavirus. In all fairness, of course, uh, eating live bats or or, um, snakes and uh, transmitting the virus to the rest of the humanity and stopping me from going to my favorite festival, it's not a good idea either. So the song was called, back back to that uh, news, the song was called Prevention is Better Than Chinese, usually playing on the world of uh, Chinese and Cure, which sounds similar in Dutch. I don't speak Dutch, so for anyone who speaks Dutch, uh, let us know how the title would go. The song which he played on the Radio 10 station also talks about stinky Chinese and says if you don't eat Chinese food, you have nothing to worry about because prevention is better than Chinese. Um, I don't think it's the food that's the problem. Uh, In response to the song, a nationwide petition has already been signed more than 51,000 times, denouncing it as discriminatory and inhuman in character. Why are there people like Radio 10 who dare to connect a serious virus with people of Chinese origin? As we said, um, it is presumed that uh, people who eat uh, bats or uh, snakes alive have been the origin of the virus uh, and those with chinese food asked the petitions initiators you don't joke about an illness or a virus i agree with him would you laugh if the song was about cancer definitely not enough is enough we're confronted daily with so-called jokes and statement statements that are not acceptable the organizer said adding we're normal people uh I, it must be that the organizer of the petition was Chinese. Garthus apologized on Saturday, admitting he had made a big mistake on his program Lat Met Lex, or Late with Lex, on Monday. I sincerely realized that I have offended people in the Chinese community, how painful my comments have been, and that they may have view, been viewed as discriminatory, the DJ said. And as a result, he made his Instagram private through, though his Twitter remains open. I haven't checked his Twitter. Uh, but uh, I'm, uh, he must be getting a lot of flack. I mean, imagine, right? Uh, one billion people or so uh, being against you on social media. It's not fun, is it? Come on, man. Think again before you do something like that.
Thank you very much for spending time with us because where you choose to spend your time is really important and we appreciate your choosing us. Please make sure you follow and share this podcast if the topics we discuss spark your interest and you appreciate us going off the beaten route. Do remember that we are ravers just like you. I have been dancing for 30 years now. We're independent and not sponsored by any DJ, record label, event, festival or corporate. We pay for all our tickets ourselves and records we buy. And therefore, we're not here just to be super positive about everything when we damn well know the problems or things could be better. We thought that set was rubbish. We have the guts to say loud and proud, even though it is unpopular, because we've been listening for 30 years to all genres of dance music, and we know not everything is always 100% sparkling amazing. What we say and discuss here comes from experience and our own genuine beliefs, and our sole interest is to bring ravers together and spark a debate on how to make the scene better and keep the rave alive. For that, we have to ask your help. We ask you to subscribe to the podcast, hint, it's free, and our YouTube channel, free again, but also share it with your friends and keep your feedback coming. This is your podcast, as much as ours. And for that, we need to know what you want to be discussing. You can email us at freakbits2016 at gmail.com, tweet us on freakbits underscore cast, or DM us on our Instagram at freakbitsedmpodcast. And if you go to the anchor.fm website, you can even leave us a voice message and a rant. That's easy. Until next time, remember, get your freak on.